Welcome to this edition of the Cyphora Film Podcast. Uh, I'm Andy Walker and I'm here once again with my son Scott. Hello there. Hello. Um, and this week we are looking at 1951 sci-fi film Unknown World, also known as Night Without Stars. It's an American black and white film um, directed by Terry O'Moore. That's the, uh, this confused me because it, it says on the description Terry O'Moore. Mm. You, when you watch the film, it comes up with ter, uh, Terrell. Yeah, it's uh, and it confused the life out of me. I thought I was watching the wrong film for a minute. This guy is mostly known for directing the American scenes that were cut into the original Japanese Godzilla film, so that it could be sold in the American market. So there you go. Obviously. Um, it stars Bruce Kellogg, who uh, did lots of 40s and 50s B-movies, nothing of any real note whatsoever. Um, and Jimmy Bannon, who also did 40s and 50s B-movies, nothing of any note whatsoever. Um, Marilyn Nash, who was actually, she did some bits of TV in the 50s and some other films and that, but the only thing of any note really is that she was in the film uh, Monsieur Verdot, with Charlie Chaplin, which isn't yeah, sort of horror, but it is a film of note, that's all. Um, so, and we have Otto Waldis, who is a weird guy, because he was in a few things. He was in A Black Castle in 1952 horror film, uh, Night, the World, um, Night the World Exploded in 1982, but he was uncredited in that. Uh, Attack of the... Uh, Sorry, 1952, what am I talking about? Uh, it was uncredited in that. Attack of the 50-Foot Woman in 1958, which I think he was also uncredited for, I'm not sure. And he was also uncredited in a 1931 uh, horror thriller called M. So he seems to have spent a lot of his time being uncredited in films. <laughs> for some bizarre yeah, that's the same because I've wondered a lot about him, but there's a lot of stuff that he's been in that he was uncredited in. Yeah. It makes a bit more sense why there's not a lot about him. No. Uh, it was produced by a, a few people, but one of the, the main one being uh, Robert Tippett. Tippett uh, became known in the uh, 60s as the King of the Bees. Um, he did loads of bee movies in the 50s and 60s. Um, Rocket Ship XM, Spider Man and the Mole Men, uh, Project Moon Base, Monster from the Ocean Floor, which was directed by Roger Coleman. Um, and in 1958, he directed, uh, he uh, produced rather uh, The Fly, the original of The Fly with Vincent Price. Okay. Um, and he also did this, the sequel to that as well. Um, he then did, went on to do a number of co productions with Hammer Films. 
but not all of them were horror ones. A lot of them were the ones that weren't horror stuff that Hammer did, which were just kind of dramas. Yeah. Uh, but so there's nobody of any real note of it in, in, in this film. I've got it. I, I, I had a look at them because uh, obviously, like you said, there wasn't a lot of people of note really in this film. So no. I had a look a bit more into about like the person that done the music for this film, which there oh. is a lot of. Yeah. And this is an American film. He's got the most American name ever. His name is Ernest Gold. Ernest what? Gold. Right. Yeah. Okay. He's an American, American Australian. So he's, he's actually yeah, one of the ones that very first ones, from what I can gather, that had dual citizenship in two of the biggest parts of the well, opposite ends of each other. <laughs> but he's an American Australian. Yeah. who, from what I can gather, done a, a lot, a, a massive, a lot of music. But no, my, most of the stuff he'd done was actually for te, uh, with, he'd done a lot of the music that Terry O'Mall's uh, done. So a lot oh. of the films that he directed and was part of, Ernest Gold done most of the music for 90% of the films. Oh, okay. So it was almost like a sort of a, a dual thing between them. Yeah. He, he he had his own production company in the end, so it may well be that he was the guy was employed by his production company. Mm. Um, all right, so you've seen the film. Yes. <laughs> Initial reactions to the film. Um, I'm still not 100 percent sure what the hell was going on. Right, <laughs> I gathered. I gathered. Obviously, the the main story is I gathered the fact that it was about um, trying to find a safe haven if. And someone did release loads of these atom H-bombs. But other than that, I lost track of everything. It just it didn't seem to make sense. It all seemed to jump a bit to me. And I just... I, I, I don't know. It's I, I just couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's fairly slow, as with a lot of 50s sci-fi stuff. It's, it's to do with the... The interaction of the people and the storyline more than action or anything like that, uh, but it basically, it's um, it's a retelling of Journey to the Center of the Earth, but with uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, less action and a kind of it's a kind of mix of an ecological and anti-war edge to it. It's kind of like yeah, got, looking for somewhere that. Like a, so it's looking for uh, somewhere. My step guide. Yeah. Was really? He almost said, like, this is what we need, this is what we're going to do. This. And I was like, what? It did almost seem like it was almost something you could sit there and go, okay, we need this, this, and this. And there's a checklist sort of form. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing with, with these sort of films, they, they don't have a lot of action in because of the action would have cost lots of money. So yeah. it's more to do with the story and the and the, the the message behind it to a certain extent. But it it was sort of like you know looking for a safe haven for humanity to go to, if you know the worst happened and we were to go forgo undergo some ecological change, which meant we couldn't live on the surface, or uh, there was a war, which meant we couldn't live on the surface, or whatever. It, it was all about the time when um, the hydrogen bombs and. Um, atom bombs were being tested and the whole route of oh we can use these hydrogen bombs to wipe out our enemies and then there obviously was the people then going but what if they did the same to us and 
the devastation yeah. it caused to the planet. Yes. Now, the interesting thing for me, and this is the reason I chose it, is because having read some stuff about it before I put it in the list, it's got a lot of similar aspects, a lot of similar th things within it, uh, as there are in the um, 2003 film called The Core. I, do you know what? I did think exactly the same thing when I was watching it. There was a lot of aspects. Much action because they didn't have the thing to do the effects. But to be honest, the effects... Um, the effects for the time, for 1951, I think were pretty good. You know, I mean, the, yeah. the machine and the, the, the way... Yeah, it did, it did have a sort of mould look aspect to it. But it was, it was very... A lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that they were going on about with the machine... Like, even the... I know it's a diagram and it, it, it could be drawn and picked, but the, the detail that was in the picture that they yeah, shown... Yeah. They showed at the beginning of what it was going to be like it was so detailed and so. All and I'm saying, that's what reminded me, like you said, of the of the core. Yeah. Because it, it was almost exactly the same thing. It was a cut through, cut through sort of diagram of what it was going to look like on the inside, as well as the aspects of our outside with the drill. And it was mm -hmm. just like, wow, it, it it did surprise me. And there was a lot of scientific terminology in it as well. The only thing I would say is. <laughs> And it's so interesting. I mean, you know, looking, you, we're looking at it now from the point of view of people in, in sort of like, you know, 2020, when you've got the CGI and you've got the massive amount of money being spent on special effects and time being spent on special effects, which they didn't have then. They, and it, these are B movies. They had less money than the, the big budget films. The big budget films couldn't do them well. But yeah. um, there were times when I wasn't sure which was the most wooden, the acting or the sets. <laughs> I've got, there were bits where obviously when they're in the, the cyclotron when they're looking at the little screen which did just remind me of a tank window <laughs> but um, you can looking for it, it's very obvious that that was there with a screen behind it like a projector screen behind it because it was the same video they played over and over and you yeah. can see where they did <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the things I, I said to myself is that it seemed like a lot was going on for not a lot to happen. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. There's not a lot of action in it at all. Even when they get to the centre of the earth and they find this place there, there's nothing really happens apart from some, some like, volcano, internal volcanoes erupt. So that's about it. Yeah. And, and it did, my whole thing as well is the fact that it seemed like it took them a hell of a long time and it seemed to be very, very cheerful how long it took them to get up the mountain, the volcano in the beginning. Yes. It, it was very like, this is going to take us five hours. And then like, celebrating because they've done it in half an hour quicker than what they thought. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not the bit that you're meant to be celebrating. You're meant to be celebrating going into the earth, not going up it. Uh, <laughs> but it's, um, the other thing that did get me, of course, and it, it always gets me every time I watch one of these these films. It's not so bad in that one because of the fact that it was set. It was supposed to be set when it was actually when it was happening. Yeah. Uh, it's the ones that get me are the ones that are set in the future uh, it, it, that have been made in the fifties. But it still got me in this was the fact that they're walking around smoking pipes. <laughs> yeah, that's the best one of the things I wrote down. It's the fact that 
you're getting introduced to the whole team. It's never been to be in this lab doing all these science tests. And one of the scientists comes over and looks into the, the microscope and he's got a pipe in his mouth. Yeah. I'm like, that's not very scientific because that's the cross-contamination for anything. Especially if she was meant to be a microbiologist. But it's also like in the, in the machine when they're drilling through a set of the earth and the guy's sitting there and you kind of go, yeah. really? Well, that's the, that's the bit I love as well. They got to the centre of the earth. This is going, they're going, oh, this is an untapped natural. There's no, there's no contamination. And both, three, of them, three out of the four main people all spark up a pipe. Yeah, well, you know. That's contaminating the Pipe smoking was very big in the 40s and 50s, especially <laughs> in the scientific community, obviously. Um, but it, yeah, it was, it was odd because I, I, I honestly thought when they got to the centre of the earth that something would happen. Yeah, and and it kind of didn't. I, nothing, I, I, nothing I thought happened. that as well when they started talking about the because uh, they find a fossil. Yeah, place, and I thought, wow, this this is a bit. They're going to say they're going to find like a subculture. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. And then it just sort of went, oh, my God. And it's, that sort of just fizzled out. And then the volcano went off. I was like, uh, what, what, what was the point in that? It, yeah. Just, well, like, the least you could have had is a couple of, I don't know, creatures down there that weren't, you know, that have been extinct for three million years. Fighting yeah. That's what they would have done later. That's what they did in Journey to the Centre of the Earth when Doug McClure did it. <laughs> yeah. They're probably leftover ones from um, Humanoids of the Deep. Yeah, it was an awful lot of effort to get yeah. into the earth for nothing to happen. Yeah, and it's just, it's just sort of, I don't know, it just, there were bits in it as well that I didn't quite understand, like, I get the fact that obviously in the, when this was filmed, there's, they, there's meant to be, if they showed a lot of it, they had to pay more, but it's just like, they go into one of the, the as they're going down. They go through one of the cave systems, and two of the guys die. I, I get the yeah, they die of toxic gas poisoning, but no one seemed to try and see if they were actually alive or dead. Yeah, well, they just saw them the, actually. They're looking at them, and then the next thing they're burying them. It's a bit like that, that guy. Like, the guy fell off the mountain. They fell off the internal cliff thing. Yeah, it was a bit like. <laughs> but it's just, again, like the, um, the female, uh, like Mariam Nash's character. Yeah. And she was going down for it, they find all the water and they start drinking. She starts hallucinating and faints. No, they all look at her, go, uh, and walk away. No one asks if she's okay. Yeah, well, yeah. No one asks her what, what was going on. She just fainted and they went, oh well, and buggered off. And I was just like, you don't seem very caring for a team that's meant to be put together and been working to check with each other for years. No. It's just like It was a bit... It all seemed just a bit kind of like non, you know? Nothing really was happening. The, the arguments, even the arguments they were having with each other were kind of like... It was so, <laughs> Some of them were funny. But they were so badly done. It was just kind of like, really? Wouldn't you it just... Was, I know it was obvious the fact that, like, for us, obviously watching a lot of other films like that, but it was almost like it was very easy to tell what was going to happen. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was like no sort of... And there weren't a lot of build-up to it, but it was almost like, oh, we're not, like, nothing's happening in a couple of minutes, someone's going to end up in an argument or a fight. 
It's just. Yeah. It was just. I, I there, there was one bit that confused me. Is the rabbits or the animals they took down? Yes. They took from the surface to this underground safe haven. Why did they become sterile in that trip? I don't know. And did no, did anyone check to see whether or not if they were sterile beforehand? I don't know. It was never explained at all. No, um, no it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's said that's never explained or any explanation given or no one argues with either. <laughs> but it's, it's just how how could they do a test with very basic equipment? on animals that have just been born to know whether or not they're going to be sterile. I don't know. Just by looking at them in a cage as well for a start. <laughs> the other thing is, it's like... I don't know. I, I just found, found it really odd. That, that whole bit about the, the animals seemed really strange to me because it was like sort of... Th these animals had not been really talked about at all for the rest of the film. No. Then suddenly they were, there, they were the most important thing. Yeah. For about two seconds. They won Once in it for about two seconds when they, they, they're trying to find water. And they go, oh, we're saving it for the animals. They didn't drink it. Oh, well, they go to drink it and actually no one actually drinks it. It just gets thrown around. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're the most important part of the, of the whole trip. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, and the fact that where on earth in the ship with all this the cyclotron were they kept? I think they were kept in that back room that they went into twice. Yeah. But <laughs> she, patched, she patched up one of the guys in and then she seemed to do a blood test on herself. Yeah. It's just sort of... I, I don't, like, it was a lot of stuff not explained. I don't know if it was the way it was edited or what it was. It seemed like it was a bit jumpy with a bit of the editing. See, the, the weird thing about it is, it's one of these, one of these hit and miss things. 50s B-movies like that, are kind of like you get ones that are really great to watch yeah um and and yeah they can be really good films or they can be so bad they're good films you know um but this one just came across as being it, it, it was more like sort of like so bad it's okay ish <laughs> honestly i looked here and it almost seemed like someone had made a film with the bits that they cut out of another film. <laughs> yeah. You sit there and you'd like, nowadays you look at them and go, oh, they're deleted scenes or they're ones that you, they've been cut out because they, yeah. they didn't explain a lot. It's almost like someone's gone, hey, we've found a couple of reels of canister stuff that, from an old film. Why don't we slice them together and make some money? You'll probably find somewhere there's another film. Another <laughs> <laughs> film. Answers all the questions, and it's just the, the questions that are not being answered. That if you watch this film, they're answered in that bit. Yeah, maybe they made a sequel to it. I, don't know. it was, I mean, it is one of those things. I've watched loads of 50s B movies, American black and white B movies, and some of them are fantastic. And you can, you can great, you know, you can really enjoy sitting watching them. But this one just seemed to go nowhere. I was hoping that it was going to be one of the ones that would be good. Yeah. Just the thing, it's, awesome. it, confused, it confused me as well because I'm so I've got such into the habit of watching films where the credits or the main credits where all the cast is come up sort of at the end 
you get like a little bit at the beginning saying who the main characters are and all. but it's, I sat there started watching it and I forgot the fact the 50s films and a lot of B-movie films as well put a lot of the cast a lot of the credits up at the beginning yeah so I sat there and I, had to, I sat there at one point and thought I, I managed to just miss the whole film because <laughs> I put it on and I thought I blacked out because then I, so I, I blinked and it come up in the credits and I was like I missed it all and then I suddenly brought up the, the display. I was like, oh, no, it's only been on for two seconds. Okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, the one thing I will say about it is that they had a female character in it. And it wasn't like there was, there was no screaming female bits. No, it was, that was, I did, I did expect it sometimes with some of the looks she got. But to be honest, there wasn't really a lot that went on in the film that there was for her to scream at, really. No. <laughs> It, it, I, I did love the fact that it was very obvious because at the time, well, that obviously, when a lot of the stuff was going on for the women's votes and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. obviously the, the blokes done a vote and what to do, and they're like, oh, we're a stalemate. And she walked in and she went, oh, does the women's suffrage not count? I was like, well, that isn't a big political movement there to sort of have a go about the fact that women have got rights to vote. Yeah. But it's just, it, as well, the fact that it wasn't, she wasn't overly sexualised either. With a lot no, of other fifties. That's true. I mean, but it, I mean, there wasn't the thing about it was in the fifties B movies. A lot of the fifties, especially the sci-fi ones, it was more kind of like uh, it was made as a family view thing. It was, they, these things were meant to be to run sort of um, before the main feature, mostly at drive-ins and things like that. So they wanted to make it like a family-friendly one. Um, it was only the sixties that it kind of really got to the the bit where there was the over sexualization of all the women yeah it, did, it was nice to see obviously but it yeah. just she didn't even that though it's just the fact that it was the whole the whole typical this is the film that she's got to fall in love with one of the actors yeah and that's what it sort of seemed like there's got to be a love story it's like why yeah it just even admittedly they did try and make it to the point was like where she's like she even made the comment which is there's the theory is that if you're stranded and there's an island with someone after a while you will fall in love because yeah. they're right you're the only two there yeah. but it's just like was it needed though it just not really no it was just i just suppose it's supposed to give some kind of i don't know i think it's meant to give some sort of different angle to the film but yeah. it's, i don't know it was it was a very non film, but I was I was really annoyed about it because I wanted it to be so. Having read well, I read about it first of all. I thought, oh great, this is like a bit like um, Journey to the Centre of the Earth. It's a bit like the core. There must you know it should be quite a good, should be quite a good film, and it wasn't, <laughs> which really kind of disappointed me. To be the thing, if you go into, there have been a lot of films like this. Obviously, like Journey to the Centre of the Earth was made how, God knows how many times. Yeah. They've done it in different ways. They've done it like, uh, done it in different time genres, everything. And it's, they've never really been the same way twice. No. And I suppose if someone wants to get a different aspect on the whole film sort of way of doing it, I get why they did it this way. But it, it, like I said, it just seemed like there was a lot of, a lot going on for not a lot to happen. Yeah, and it just it just sort of like especially like there was part of the thing they were trying to find. Well, uh, they they were just hammering down the or trying to hammer a hole in the wall. 
What was the need for the two guys to strip their t-shirts off as well for a start? I don't know. Was no. the t-shirt that was very, very baggy on them seemed like it was restricting them from moving? It just it didn't make any sense. But the the thing that got me was it's it's this thing you know, the the story if you look at it, the long story about them getting down there, and they get there to the centre of the earth where they find nothing is any of any use. And they can't stay down there, and humans can't live there, and everything's no, everything's rubbish. And the the the, the um, volcanoes erupt, and so they have to leave. And they leave, and they get home in about ten seconds. Yeah, as the rest of it, man, I said that ninety percent of the films them getting there, they're yeah. there for about five minutes, and then go home. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of stuff that I've like I've done in my my sort of my actual day life is like, oh yeah, let's go and do this. Take forever to get there, and it doesn't seem to take as long to get home. It's just kind of like it did seem very sort of coincidental the fact that they were rising up and they managed to find the one channel that rose them up onto the, onto the the surface and find the habitable island in the middle of the Pacific. Absolutely, but it's, it's it, as I say as you were saying, it's it's kind of a lot a lot going on for not a lot to happen. So you, you kind of you got all of this going on and you get there and nothing happens and then they just go. And that's yeah. it. And there's no, there's, oh, there's no okay. real explanation as to why or to what the reason is. Or, and I, don't, I think the, the best part of the film that I, or that I liked was, wasn't even when they were at their final destination. They were halfway down and found that there was like a little, um, I think it was just after they found all the toxic, got rid of all the toxic uh, gas. Yeah. And they found uh, the little cave that had little fish creature in it, and it had a flat uh, flowers and yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 pearls. Yeah, I thought that was the best bit because it was it was the explanation behind it was yeah they might seem like something here, but when you take them home, they're going to change because of the fact they've adapted to be in their lives in the dark. Yeah, so as soon as you take them in the sun, they're going to crumble, they're going to dry out, they're going to Fact the shine on the pearls is going to fade. The fish have gone blind because they haven't. They don't need eyes. Yeah. And I thought that was the best bit. And then I thought, oh sweet, they've got to where they need to be there. And then they went, are we going to carry on going now? I was like, what? Why? What? Yeah. Why? The other thing is, is it, see, in a later film, at that point when they've reached this lovely, wonderful place, you would have got some kind of, I don't know, tribe of inner earth. Yeah, cave people or something coming out to grab them or something like yeah, you know. You know yeah, something to a bit of there's action. no explanation to like why things turn sterile down there, and whether or not as well. There's the one thing that I thought to myself afterwards when I finished watching it is whether or not because the rabbits were there when they took them down, they went sterile. Does that mean that the four, the three people that survived now when they're at the top are sterile? Maybe I don't know. It's not. It's a very interesting point. I don't know because. Obviously, that's how it worked for the rabbits. So why does does that make sense to me? Well, I don't know. It did. I think it's something that annoys me with quite a few films. But it's kind of they come out back onto the surface and like everything wonderful and it's all over. Thank you very much. You kind of go. Yeah, but what about? The massive eruption of the earth that's going on at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and the and fact the people, that you down into it. Yeah, the people that have died and 
the fact that like yeah you you just left you found the one channel that comes up to the the surface, but you there was a massive explosion going on behind you is why you run away. Yeah. But it's just, the bit the bit that proper made me laugh is that it goes through the woman's diary because obviously she's meant to be making all these notes, being the yeah. uh, biologist or wherever she was, going making all these notes, and all the, all that's readable on pop, most of the dates that she flicks through is the date. So it says yeah. October fifteenth, October seventh, and, and then it's got some squiggles, and then you've got the last point, last bit where she's talking about the rabbits. All that's readable is the fact that it says October seventeenth. There's a load of squirrels, and then big underlined words, sterile. That's the only word you could read was sterile, and then squiggles. I was like, I know that most people write in some ways that they can read, but even I can tell that that is just a squiggly line. Yeah. <laughs> what notes are you going to get from? You're not supposed to pay attention to that sort of thing. Yeah, but I, that's the problem. I, that's why we're doing this. It's the fact that we pay a lot of attention yeah. to stuff that we're not meant to pay attention to. Yeah. Like other films sat there and gone, oh, yeah, all the action's at the front. What's going on behind them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, what, what's your opinion, final opinion, do you reckon? <sighs> it's the, I don't know. It's, it's a film that... I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to watch again. I'm not overly sure of that. I was going out of my way to watch it the first time. No, as I was saying, it probably wouldn't make a lot of difference to anyone's lives if they hadn't, if they don't watch it. It's not like something you can sit there and you can learn a lot from. No. Apart from, unless, you, unless, you're doing, unless you're doing a bit of research and you want a bit of a random fact about, I don't know, when hydrogen bombs were invented. <laughs> and even then, I'm sure you can find millions of other things. If you're writing it's some just, kind of paper it, on 1950s B movies, yeah. If you're, if you're writing a film, writing a film on, uh, writing a paper on someone that's that's done like four films and then disappeared into the into the atmosphere and no one ever see again, then yeah, they're probably a good film to watch. But other well, than that, it just I would say I don't. It, it's it's not great. It's there's no way. It's not even good, really. Um, it's okay for a 1951 B movie, black and white sci fi B movie, and it's only to be honest. Yeah, see, I say a lot on this is the fact that I've seen worse, I've seen better. This film, I've definitely seen a hell of a lot better. Yeah, not actually sure whether or not I've seen worse, though. That's That's the problem I'm having. There are a few that are probably a little bit worse. There are worse, there are worse films, depending on what you're looking at in, as the criteria for how good or bad it is. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's more boring than a lot of films I've seen and more pointless than a lot of films I've seen. I'm not sure it's worse than Humanoids from the Deep still. I, I watched it right up to the end thinking something was going to happen. It's yeah. like, you know when you you know when you're on the roller coaster and you're going up on the roller coaster, yeah. And you you know you're anticipating that bit at the top where you're going to drop, yeah. And you keep going up and keep going up. You kind of go, you kind of go. Something's going to happen in a minute. Something's going to happen in a minute, and then nothing does. Yeah. I did the same thing. I was like, something's going to happen in a minute. Something's going to pause it. And I was like, oh, I was like, pause it. I was like, I need need the loop. I was like, something's going to happen. So I'll, I'll go to the loo, come back. Pause it. I was like, I've got five minutes left of the film. Yeah. But I mean, something's going to happen. And then I come back 
And then the credits rolled. I'm like, the only oh, okay. race for it is it isn't two hours long. No, it's seventy first, seventy five minutes. It's... Yeah. So it's it's kind of like the saving grace is that it's it's only a short while that you're sitting there yeah. thinking, I wish something would actually happen. Well, there we go then. Um, I suppose the uh, general consensus there is the fact that it's not a great film, um, probably not worth bothering with. Um, but um, don't write off black and white 1950s B-movies because some of them are good. Well, there you go. Thank you very much, Scott. Sorry, that was the most untraumatic way of ending anything was some of them are good. <laughs> I know, but what else can you say? <laughs> but yes, no, it was a pleasure to be here and watch the film. Well, yes. it wasn't a pleasure to watch the film. It was a pleasure to be here. Anyway. It's been a wonderful, wonderful um, time off the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, thank you very much for listening and we will see you again uh, next week for more of the same. Or different. Well, no. Or better, hopefully. <laughs> or better, yes. Yes. All right. Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. The Cypher Film. Podcast.